see it? I don't see it, so maybe it'll pop up in a second. We can go live, and then I'll share it in a bit. In three, two, one. John, are we live? We are live, sir. Hey, guys. Welcome to our, I think it's eighth or ninth, John. Eighth. Number eighth, eight we are. Our eighth live wheelhouse show. We made it to eight. Um, we survived. We still have some fans, some people who are watching. <laughs> I did see it go live now on our page, John, so Very that's good. working. Um, guys, if you're listening, if we have any audio-related issues, just let us know in the comment section. John and I will try to adjust it as the show goes on. Um, John, what's going on? How was your Memorial Day weekend? It was very good. I was in Arizona for a few days, and then a buddy of mine got married on Sunday, and we recovered on Monday. That was about it. How about you, sir? You recovered in a day? You're a little old to recover in a day, buddy. I'm a professional. I bounce back quick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a three, four day. I went to the Cubs game on Saturday, and I didn't even drink that much, but by the time Sunday rolled around, yeah, because Sunday was still kind of like Saturday with a long weekend. Right, right. I was dying, uh, but I didn't even drink that much. I'm getting old. But it was hot out. I mean, it was brutal out there to be sitting at Wrigley Field. It was. It was brutal. Um, it was a night-ish game, so it was like 6.15, so it had cooled off a little bit by the time we got there, and we got there at like 7, because yeah, yeah. we're not huge baseball fans, but I have <laughs> shared season tickets, and Jamie was like, we got to go to one of the games, so went to one of the games, and uh, they lost, but we drank. Did you have fun, though? I did. Um, Wrigley has become crazy. I hadn't, I've driven by it Mm -hmm. since they did all of the renovations. It's incredible how much stuff they've done in Wrigley. It's, it's crazy to me. Um, before we get to our guest though, John, I have over my, um, shoulder, you do a, uh, shirt that says Brody strong and Chandler strong. And, um, for those of you listening, this story is incredible. I'm going to let John tell it because, um, they're friends of John and Maggie's, uh, at least their kids are friends of John and Maggie's and it's unbelievable. So John, um, passing it to you, tell the story. I will, I will, I will make it quick, but it's, it's pretty remarkable and pretty important to hear. Uh, everybody will see at this point a GoFundMe uh, account on their screen. A gentleman named Brody Burnell, 18-year-old dynamic individual, has his pilot license. Uh, He and a buddy of his were going up in a two-seater. His buddy's name is Chandler, hence the hashtag Chandler Strong as well. Uh, They lost. I've never met either of these gentlemen. I am getting the story from a family, from a, a friend of Maggie, uh, who's Brody's mom. So it's sort of a, I'm, I'm going to do an abbreviated, but there's a lot more to the story. Uh, Brody, dynamic individual, like I said, uh, piloting the airplane, the two-seater, uh, they lost power at, at takeoff, and somehow he was able to bring the plane down without harming or killing anybody on the ground uh, homes around the airport. It was it was just he and his buddy Chandler that took the wallop. Uh, Chandler, uh, he was injured, but less than less than Brody. He was able to bounce back a little bit. God bless you for that, Chandler. I believe he's an entrepreneur, from what I understand. So we like him even more for that. Uh, but Brody, uh, I, I wrote some notes down. He was in. Uh, this all happened ten months ago. He was in the ICU for a month, and in a month's time, he had nine surgeries, uh, brain surgeries and bodily surgeries, and 
the surgeons, doctors, everybody that was taking care of him kept telling his parents, uh, listen, we don't know exactly what's going to go on. We don't know. We don't want to give you false hope. Uh, and every single thing that they seemed negative about, Brody was able to do and, and continue to get better and get better and get better. Uh, so he, he was moved from the hospital that he was at in Arizona to a rehab facility in Denver named the Craig Hospital um, and spent the last eight or nine months there learning to walk and talk and hold a fork and use a knife and just everything that we all take for granted. And I just, I wanted to put the t-shirt and tell his story just because there's, uh, I, I believe in the, the power of positive thinking and love and prayers and, and so on. And this family has gotten a ton from their family and friends as far as, far as support. Uh, this is just our way of, of telling him to keep fighting the fight and keep coming back and, and you know, God must have a plan for you, for you to still be here. This is fantastic. Um, he's coming home today from Denver on flight 5718. And so during the show, I'll put up a, a, a graphic with a hashtag 5718, and that's what that's for. It's his flight number home, that he finally gets to be home with his family and surrounded by his friends and continue his rehab. So uh, Brody Burnell, keep fighting the fight. Chandler, keep, keep moving along. Uh, I'm sure that the mental scars are just as deep as the the physical scars, but we're all on your side. And to everybody's family, uh, wish you all the best. Wow. Um, I, I mean, you, you pretty much said it all, John, but uh, I'll just kind of piggyback on that. Um, best of luck to Brody on his the rest of his recovery mm -hmm. uh, and Chandler. Unbelievable story. And, you know, Indeed. that wh whole idea of him being told that he had no chance to walk, no chance to talk, and, you know, people giving up on hope for him and then him coming through and um, coming home today is an incredible story. I would love to have him on when he's, you know, good enough to be on. You know, that would be, I know that we're going to start doing Skype interviews. Yeah. Um, you know, so that we can broaden the, the guest range and we, we both have people in different markets that we wanted to talk to, but I really do, whether it's, whether it's Brody or his parents to tell the story far better than what I just told it, because there's so yeah. much more to it, but just wonderful individuals, positive thinkers, uh, as you might imagine, I'm going to uh, take a quick second and put that GoFundMe back up because yeah. while it's a fantastic story, and I, I know that they have insurance, but just the, um, the amount of hospital bills and rehab bills, and even now, I mean, with him being home, you know, there's still so much care that needs to be yeah, given tons. and taken of him and, and so on, and so much more rehab to be done uh, that isn't covered or you know, partially covered, maybe. Um, but, you know, that 80-20 that insurance companies tout, that's great, but 20% of a ton is a lot. I can't so, even imagine. No, I, I can't either. I wouldn't even want to, I wouldn't want to guess. It, it's not, and it's none of our business, but the, the GoFundMe, it, it's not a 501c3. Nobody saw this coming. This wasn't, but it's just, you know, the T-shirts the also, I will put that up uh, in a minute yeah, I mean, I'd love to get a T-shirt from whoever made the so, T-shirt. So, right. I actually, I just put, I just put that graphic up as well. So the okay. T-shirt orders, uh, the T-shirts, American-made T-shirts. Uh, I have, I, I have another one that I've worn. It's very comfortable. Um, they're asking uh, twenty dollars. It's a dollar ninety-five, I think, to ship nationwide. Um, but it, it goes towards his rehab, the, all the bills that they've accrued over the, the year or so. 
and his continued bills and so on for the, the rehab he has to go through. So I'm going to, from time to time, while we're talking with our guest, I'm going to make sure to keep putting that up, uh, maybe break in every once in a while and just to remind everybody what we're doing here. So uh, I am going to throw it back to you, Mo. Yeah. Um, count me in for some T-shirts. And, and for those of you listening, uh, like John said, uh, he's an incredible guy who's come a very long way from his accident. And uh, we'll talk about this a little bit. We're going to talk about fighting in a different sense mm-hmm. um, with Lalo in a second. But uh, the mind is a really, really strong thing, and it can do incredible things when you put your mind to it, and it sounds like he's done that. But obviously going forward, if you're in a position where you can help this family out at all, any little bit will help. Um, please do that. Obviously the GoFundMe um, is the GoFundMe link is on the video itself, but John and I, after the video is done, mm-hmm. we'll put it in the comment section as well so you guys can just click on it and then go to his Go, GoFundMe page. Absolutely. And obviously for the um, the uh, the email, I just saw it on the screen, the email for the T-shirts. I'll put that in the comment section as well so you guys can just copy that, send it out, and um, best of luck again to, uh, to Brody, Chandler, both their families. And um, I saw Maggie posted on the video in the comment section that he's on his way f- home from Omaha right now. So yep. kudos to him. Um, I'm sure everybody's really excited to have him. Absolutely, home. absolutely. Um, crazy story and uh, obviously a, a happy ending here for what could have been a, a tougher ending. Even so, more disastrous, absolutely. Yeah, um, plane crashes, they spooked me out. We spoke about it a little bit before the, uh, the show started, but uh, I'm very, very happy that he's coming home. So hashtag Brody Strong, hashtag Chandler Strong. Um, I'm going to talk about a different sort of fighting in a second here with our guest. We're supposed to have two guests. One of our guests had a little bit of an uh, emergency and couldn't make it in today, but... That's cool by me because I always have enough time to chat with our guests. I always feel like I'm running out of time, and I, I could talk to this guy probably for a very long time. So I'm excited. We got Lalo Bayes, right? Yes, sir. On. Um, he's uh, one of the owners or the owner of Oakley Street Fight Club. I'm really excited to have him on because he's an incredible boxer himself, a great business person. He's been a big supporter of the Real Estate Rumble, which was the charity we were pushing, um, and the fights happened now two weeks ago. Um, yeah, just shy, just shy of two weeks. It's crazy that it's been that long because it was a hectic day that day. Um, Lalo's amassed a amateur record, uh, a winning amateur record. He had 30 amateur fights. He's won the Golden Gloves. He's won the Illinois State Tournament. He's won ringside world tournaments. Um, and now he's devoting his time to training fighters. He's got some fighters that are going to the uh, Junior Olympics. Um, I'll let him explain that because I may have that completely wrong. Really excited to have you on, buddy. Thank you for Thank coming. Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me on. Thank you. And uh, first off, uh, God bless Brody and Chandler. I mean, it's uh, an amazing story. It really uh, is. I hope they they pull through um, 100%. You know, that's, that's uh, wonderful that you shared that with everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, it's, I'm still in shock. He told me the story. When he, uh, John told me the story when he came in with the t shirt earlier, and I-, I couldn't believe it because you see plane crashes, they typically go very, very wrong very quickly. Yeah. He's uh, 18 years old to be able to have the piloting ability and experience in that moment to think under pressure and be able to land the plane without hitting anybody else or, or put the plane someplace where he wouldn't hurt anybody else. It's just the ability for him to think quickly on his feet is incredible. Usually when you're in stressful situations, people yeah, go one of two ways. Sure. You know, I, I race cars. I've done some martial arts. We'll talk about it in boxing. But when things go wrong for people, um, some people are able to think really intelligently and in the moment, and some people just can't. Yep, you know, exactly. So. 
Um, tell me about Oakley. When did you guys start Oakley? Um, we opened up Oakley in 2013. Okay. Um, we had we were at another boxing gym, uh, Eckerd Park, um, okay. on Chicago and Noble, and uh, it was just a small basement uh, boxing gym. A lot of neighborhood guys, a lot of little kids, a lot of good boxers were were out of there, and um, the city cut the funding for it. Uh, there was no more program, so it displaced a lot of kids. And then um, my partner Carlos and myself started shopping around for a spot because we we're like, we, we don't need the city; we'll do our yeah. own thing. And we found a great spot not too far from Eckerd, so the kids in the neighborhood could still make it to the gym relatively awesome. close. It's about a mile away. Uh, we found a spot on 410 North Oakley, called, and we dubbed it Oakley Fight Club. I love and, it. And um, second floor of a warehouse, 6,000 square feet, perfect location for a gym. We put in uh, a lot of work uh, into it. We have two rings. Um, we do private uh, one-on-one training. We do classes. We have professional boxers, amateur boxers, people that don't even want to box. They just want to come and run on the treadmill and lift weights. So yeah. we try to be accessible to everybody. Uh, in that time, we've amassed uh, a pretty good competition team, largest female team in the city at wow, the moment. good for you guys. Um, it's an exciting time at the gym. So Very we look cool. to keep, uh, keep going. Um, as you, you touched on before, a little earlier, we do have two kids in the uh, Junior Olympics. Congrats. Thank you very much. We uh, had one, won the state, they both won the state Junior Olympics, which moved them on to the regional Junior Olympics this past weekend in Toledo, Ohio. They won there, so now uh, they advanced on to the National Junior Olympics in uh, Charleston, West Virginia. And that's at the end of uh, June. Good luck to them. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's not easy to do. I don't think people realize this is not like... I'm going to crap on some sport in a second. <laughs> Somebody's going to send a comment that says I'm an idiot in a second. But it's not like doing like going to state for lacrosse or something where like there's not a thousand teams and a ton of people competing. Yeah. Even at the junior level, it's a really tough sport. Oh, it's very tough. It's it's very tough. Um, weigh-ins every morning. So you have to maintain your weight all the whole length of the tournament that you're in it. Uh, you have to be up early fight every day so it's not like you fight take a day off and then right. fight again you have to fight friday saturday sunday wow. monday tuesday wednesday thursday and it's single elimination so you lose once and You're that's out. it you go home that's so hard the consistently staying on weight because weight alone, alone. is a war just weight alone is a war because you know I, I mean you think about like high school wrestlers and stuff they they compete and they always stay on weight but it's not like you're competing every single day consistently yeah. and then you're kicked out of a yeah. tournament yeah it's high stress you got to stay on weight and then you weigh in day of it's not yes. like i've done a lot of jujitsu tournaments some of them you weigh in day of the ibjjf you weigh in day of but a lot of them you day, weigh in the day before and then I might weigh 145 the day before, <laughs> and the next day I'm 160 because I've eaten exactly. weight up. Yeah. You can't do that when you weigh in. No, no you, uh, in amateur boxing, you weigh in an hour or two prior wow. to you, 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 you compete, and then um, you just go out there and give it your best. Yes. I'm going to ask a, a quick question here. I've never understood, and Mo, you, you know a lot about this as well, but why don't they do that in the pros? Uh, you know, whether it's UFC you see uh, 24 or 48 hours? Yeah, they give them a, a, a day. And, and then same thing with, with, I mean, there's so many different boxing leagues at the high ranks. I, I don't know if all of them follow this, but I've never understood why there's a, that, that gap. Why don't they do it an hour or two prior? Yeah, they, um, in all, it's all professional boxing. You get uh, 24 hours. 24? Yeah, the okay. day before. Amateur boxing is the day of. It's okay. pretty much the difference between the two. Um, 
But One what is you, amateur, why do you think that is? And that's same thing with like headgear. Pro, amateurs wear headgear and jerseys. Uh, professionals, no headgear, no jerseys. Okay. It's just the difference between the two and the sport. So, Any idea, though, no, why they... No, no idea why, though. So, but that, that's the... And then amateurs don't get paid. Professionals get sure, paid. Sure, sure. You know, it's there's a big push in mixed martial arts, at least, to try to fix this sort of gigantic weight cut thing. Right. And I don't know how much in boxing, how, how big they cut. I know in MMA, you got guys that are 200 pounds that cut to 170 yeah. just so they can be overwhelmingly bigger, control them. Because in the wrestling aspect and the grappling, a whole lot of weight can wear somebody down when you're just kind of weighing on them. But I know now the UFC and a lot of the athletic um, associations are starting to mandate new weight cutting rules where you have to be within a certain weight um, even when you're you know, right. kind of yeah. uh, replenished. But yeah, there's been kind of a big push to go before, but it would shake up all of the weight classes, you know, because a lot of the champions are much heavier than what they weigh in at. Exactly. Money is a big piece of all of this, you know. So, sure. like, when you force that to get all reshuffled and champions change and marketability yeah. changes, I think that's probably a big reason behind it. But yeah, it's there's people who get cu- fall out because they get sick, they pass out on the way to cutting weight. I saw it was a couple UFCs ago. Um, they pulled a fight because a guy would just he couldn't make weight. He was right. uh, actually it was the Max Holloway fight when Max Holloway stepped in to fight for the featherweight belt. And Max Holloway is a warrior. He's like a guy from Hawaii, like big on like kind of the warrior spirit. And he took the fight last minute and he was really heavy. And the athletic commission was like, no, 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 no. Even though you might make weight, it's unsafe for you. And they stopped. Them. Yeah, because you can't make the weight healthy. I've seen I've seen a, in the amateurs as well. Uh, he actually is a friend of mine. Um, at the Golden Gloves many, many, many years ago. They found him passed out in the um, in the locker room. This is back at St. Andrews when the Golden Gloves used to be there. Um, he was trying to make weight, and he just he just couldn't do it, and he literally passed out on the scale. Yeah, that's really dangerous day of. So I've done it where I've cut a lot of weight the day before, and it's really stupid for me to do it because I'm doing an amateur jiu-jitsu tournament where you win nothing and, uh, <laughs> it's not for anything but you know the competitive spirit in you you're like I, yeah I for sure, sure. exactly sure. get whatever benefit exactly. i can and i cut 15 16 pounds one time wow and that was i'll never do that again i'm also getting older and i can't do it anymore but um i mean from running with a sauna suit and albaline to laying in a bath of epsom salt and green alcohol like a really hot bath um I just, I was dying when I was done. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine for the Golden Gloves, that makes a lot of sense right before because you, you don't have a lot of time to replenish. You don't, you don't. You they, you see a lot of kids take the uh, Pedialyte or Gatorade. Yeah. As soon as they weigh in, they're chugging it. They're yeah. chugging it. And the hard thing is you got to do it again next week or the next day right, yeah. um, because you're in a tournament. So if you're barely making weight that one day and, you're gonna, and think you're going to win and then hold that weight for a month, oh, that's... Crazy. That's crazy. It's, it's do you really advocate difficult. people to stay close to their? Fight I do. Rate? Yes. Okay. Yes. And actually, for my younger boxers, my teenage boxers who are still growing, my 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds, I'm not huge on cutting big weight. If you're floating around 130 and you have to get to say 127, okay, three pounds, you can you can do three pounds. If you're like, oh, I'm 130, but I'm going to make 119, you're not making yeah, 119. That's you're not. Big. You're not going to make 119. Because then you have to hold it and you're growing. It's, yeah. You just make yourself weak. True. That's, I guess, the other uh, mitigating factor in a kid is yes. they grow. I mean, puberty. I only they're all in puberty fat, and they're growing. But they're growing in height. <laughs> they grow in every yeah, which way. Yeah, they're just growing. So. Crazy. And they put on muscle at different and they're Exactly. So I'm like, nope, nope. 
this is the last time you're going to make this weight. After to, after this this fight or tournament or show, you're moving up to the next weight class. And yeah. They don't argue too much with me. They're like, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> but that's a cool thing because I started karate when I was four. And um, I've read an article about how, it, and it was about wrestlers in general. It was when they were trying to get wrestling out of the Olympics. They were saying that wrestlers make such great business people because the discipline level for them is so yeah. high. Mm-hmm. Boxing, any martial art, um, any of these sports, uh, physical sports, I feel like those kids, their discipline level is so much higher than it is. P- kids in other sports. Truly, truly, their discipline level. That's, you know, a lot of the, the boxing, they try to get kids into boxing to discipline them because you can't, you can't be good in any sport, really. You have to be disciplined. Yeah. But in this one, maybe I don't want to say any more than any other, but there is a lot of discipline. You have to be at the gym every day because there are no seasons in right. boxing. It's all year round. Exactly. That's true, too. No seasons. So you have to be at the gym regular. You have to stay consistent. You have to stay on weight. You have to be patient because right. not, not every time you're going to get a fight. You can right. show up and ready to fight, and then the guy doesn't show up. And now... You're so let down. You're so let down, but I was like, it happens. It happens all the time. So you have to you have to understand, you know, patience in there. All right, next one. Then you're not going to win every fight. So with that, then you have to know. All right, control myself. I can't get mad. I can't. I can't lose my my cool. Yeah. All right. So it's all about discipline. It all comes back down to discipline. It's unbelievable how many parallels in sports, contact sports, and individual sports there are to just life, life. and business in yes. general. Oh, totally. There's so many. Um, you know, I everything you just touched on, you know, showing up every single day, having patience, not dealing with failure poorly or learning to deal with failure poorly. When you're a business owner... If you're not patient, you're not consistent, and you exactly. can't deal with failing, oh my God, exactly. you're done. Yeah. So I love that people, um, I, I tell people all the time, doing martial arts my whole life, I think has been a big key to me just being a successful person in general. I hate losing to this day. I mean, I um, just really, who, 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 who likes you know, it, right? Who likes it, you know? But I look at it so differently than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, if I lost a basketball game, and yes, I played basketball until I stopped growing in the eighth grade. <laughs> It pissed me off. I would go home and just like pout for the whole weekend. Yeah. And in now in boxing and all martial arts, you have a team. So you have a coach, you have a team. But so much of it relies on you doing the right yes. things that when you lose at martial arts, it's a very individual feeling. Totally. Totally. You, you go home and the loss is on you and you have to deal with that. Yep. Being able to bounce back from it. Now, as an adult, I look at failure is if you're not trying hard enough you're probably not failing and if you're failing it's because you're trying really hard at something you know you could i mean i see this a lot in boxing so one thing i always see in boxing where i'm like eh, this doesn't make a whole whole lot of sense is how you sometimes get a really good boxer boxing guy with like a one in 20 record yeah how does i'm going off topic and just completely changing (laughs) in a second how does that work out okay and if 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 you're say um you're an upcoming kid yeah the next stud or whatever They're feeding you tomato cans to to pad your record a little bit, to be able to get you some ring experience, maybe to get you signed by a promoter. It's like, look at my record. I'm 13 and 0, you know, with 10 knockouts, you know. But then when you look at the competition, yeah, you see it's very lopsided, yeah. But it does help you get maybe a big fight because maybe the next big thing, 
was like, okay, I'm going to fight this guy. He has a padded yeah. record, but he's undefeated. Nobody checks the record. They just see right. like who you fought. They just see that you're undefeated. Yeah. I'm going to beat an undefeated guy. And the audience doesn't. I mean, I'm a huge fan of all things contact sports, so I'll actually go and look at boxing records yeah. and see their opponents. Yes. Um, and I actually, on the MMA side, I can't say I gamble, I guess, but I'm in a pool. But I'm in a pool <laughs> where we we pick winners and then for entertainment purposes only for no value and I won't name who runs the pool but we have a pool and I look at everybody's records against who they've fought before when you look at boxing sometimes it's padded um how the guys who are like one and 15 do you ever meet those guys and be like what the hell are you doing still getting in there yeah I have met a couple of them and and they get in there for various reasons most yeah. of them because they need a couple bucks to be honest really with you. they so need a couple bucks they they they're like they're professional losers pretty much i don't want to say losers but but they're put in there to to lose lose. yeah they know this is going to be a win for somebody so they go in there they give it a little bit of effort they go down all right you know yeah they collect their check their 500 hundred dollar check 600 hundred dollar check and they call it a day that's the sad part about all fighting sports until you get to a high level isn't it because the pay people look at you know you look at floyd and he's worth a basically a billion oh yes yeah but and you look at in MMA, you look at like a Conor McGregor. But even in the UFC or at a high-level pro boxing fight, the undercard, the low card, they're making so little they're money. They're making a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. A couple hundred dollars. That's oh, it. Oh, man. That's tough. At, at best, a couple thousand. They're not making much. They're, they're not making much money. You got to really love the sport to be able to get to a level where you're making any money at all. Because exactly. Because a lot of these guys have nine-to-fives. They're professional yeah. boxers, but have nine-to-fives. Look at, um, for example, Mickey Ward. Yeah. Mickey Ward was a construction worker. Yeah. Was Mickey Ward. I mean, everybody knew Mickey Ward, but he was still a construction worker because yeah. he needed a steady check. It's incredible. And it's fickle. It's, you're as good as your last fight yes. it, when, when you make it there. And if you lose, you could lose all of that. So it's, it's insane. I, I look at, I have a lot of buddies who, I have a good buddy of mine who manages fighters and he does an incredible job. And I have a lot of friends that, more so on the MMA side. I got a lot of friends that have fought pro MMA and I see what they take home and I'm like, oh my God, you really have to love this yeah. to keep doing this. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you think that's what they take home, yeah. but it's not because you still have to pay taxes on it. You still right. have to pay out your corner on right. it. Trainers. Trainer gets about 10%. Your manager, your cut man, the guy who helped you in the corner, your strength conditioning coach. By the time you take it home, you're down 60 you, you take home about 60%. So you're doing it for the pure love of it. When did you start boxing? Because you obviously I started boxing. Yeah, I've been boxing a while. I'm older now. I'm 42, but I've been boxing. You don't look 42. I'm 42 years old, yeah. For you. I started late. I started about when I was 20 years old. Um, I moved uh, back. I was living in California for a little bit. Grew up in Chicago, moved to California for a little bit, came back and uh, started boxing right when I got back. And... Um, with one of my cousins, he was a boxer as well. I just started. Actually, I started up as just helping out in the gym. Yeah, spit bucket kid, just carrying really? uh, equipment, picking up kids, just volunteer because I was doing nothing. I literally wasn't doing anything. Come home from work and watching reruns of The Simpsons. So, yeah. I uh, um, was like, let me do something good. Yeah. So I just went to the gym and said, hey, you need some help. He's like, yeah, I definitely could use some help. You know, these kids have no way of getting home yeah. or getting to the gym. I was like, no problem. I'll pick them up. I'll take them home. So I pick good up, round you. up the kids, take them to the gym clean up, set up the stuff, take them home, and just kind of help out. And then um, one day there was this heavyweight there, and they needed somebody to throw punches at him. He's like, 
you're not going to spar him, but you just got to hit him. I was like, okay, and he's got to avoid it. All right, but I kept hitting him. And he, <laughs> I was like, you got fast hands. So he's like, let me see you on the mitts. So they put me on the mitts, and he's like, you're not bad, you know? They're like, you're going to go fight in the Golden Gloves. I was like, what? <laughs> what? So I took a couple of fights, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I fought in the gloves. I made it to the finals. My first, first time up. And then I lost. Wow. I got my butt kicked in the finals. Like, trash. <laughs> I've only been dropped one time. And that was it. That in was the Golden time. Gloves. In the Golden Gloves. In the finals of the Golden Gloves. This wow. was back in 2000, maybe. Um, maybe, yeah, I'd say about 2000. And then, uh, yeah, I got my butt kicked, handed. I got two eight counts. I got dropped. Like, I thought I did well in the first round. I came yeah. out, and I was like, yeah, I came back. I was like, in my corner, I was like, you got the first round. You know, all you need is one more round, and you got it in the bag. And I was like, okay. Man, they told him something in the corner, too. <laughs> he dropped me with a, he was a south pie. He dropped me with a right hook. I remember he caught me right on the chin, and I looked up, and I saw the lights, and then it went dim. <laughs> wow. What woke me up was my head hitting the ground. Boom, and it popped right back up. And I was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then he just proceeded to trounce me the rest, the next two rounds, and he ended up winning it. I was um, like, oh, okay. Well, kudos it, to you. I, I, I learned, though. I, yeah. I lost. I might have lost, but I also learned a lot. It was a good lesson. It was a hard lesson. Kudos for you to getting to the finals of the Golden Gloves, your first time boxing in it. Um, what you just touched on, that helpless feeling when you're boxing, because I've just done it um, a little bit. But I tell everybody, so people always ask, what's tougher, boxing or like grappling? They're different. But when things go wrong in boxing, it's so much worse. It is so because much worse. you cannot tap out and say, I quit. Yeah. I mean, you can, maybe somebody can throw in a towel. You could yeah. turn your head and quit, but that's not what you're taught. You're taught exactly. if your it's arm is about through. to break in jujitsu, just tap. And unless the person's some sort of asshole, they're going to let yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But they usually let go. But in boxing, when you're overwhelmed, that's a shitty feeling, and you have to have real toughness yeah, to make it through. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was blessed to make it through all three yeah. rounds, but the f last two rounds were, were I took a, I took a shellacking in those yeah. last two rounds, and I just stood there. But I fought back as best I could, being a, a novice guy. Yeah, came out and I learned my lesson and kept training. I, 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 I was mad for about a day. Yeah, you know, I was still novice. I didn't have my yeah. head right. All right, it took about a day, and I calmed down. So I right, back in the gym. I was and back in the gym the next, like, two days later. It's such tough cardio. It's it, it's different cardio. Um, yeah. I remember, shout out to my boxing coach, Mark Allen. You guys might know yeah, each other. Mark, you know no. Mark. Yes. Mark's a good dude. And when Mark was beating my, my butt <laughs> and sparring, he's like, I'm teaching you that it's never going to get worse than this. And be tired, don't ever act tired. So that was the thing. Like, if I ever was starting to get tired, he's like, be tired, don't act tired. Be yes. tired, don't act yeah. tired. Because it's such a thing where when you start to feel like you're losing, it's almost like the other person gets that, yes. that boost of energy. Yes. Yeah. Where you have to, yes. it's such a mental game. It is total a mental game. You, uh, there are times when you actually have to be an actor as well. Yeah. Like, you get caught with a hard shot, and inside you're like, oh my God, what, he just hit me with a sledgehammer. But outside, you just have to keep the poker face. Like, it didn't even bother you. And it's also in the mental game sense, like, oh my God, for the other guys, like, I just hit that guy with everything I had. Right. He's still coming at me. Standing there. What am I going to do now? Because that's all I have. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's acting on both, both sides. I love it. I, and I tell people, so we'll talk about the real estate rumble in a second. I tell people every time we do the real estate rumble and we do the, um, the open workout, I tell them, by the time you've got to the rumble and you've done it, if you're, if you're training with a group of guys and gals at a gym like yours that knows what they're doing, you finish the rumble. When you're done, nothing will seem as difficult as what you just did. Yeah. I almost feel like anybody getting into business um, should step 
foot in some sort of combat sports situation and feel the anxiety, feel the nerves and feel the fact that you have to grit through something. And I love, cause I, we had Camilo on, um, two weeks ago, maybe awesome. Yeah the, week, yeah. the day before the rumble, the day before the rumble. Yep. What I loved was he said, you're getting in there and you're sparring with all the people from the rumble. So I love that you actually get back in there and you still spar with everybody. Yeah. Oh, I, this day I'm still sparring. I, I don't, um, I can't spar with uh, the open face headgear. I've had my nose yeah, yeah. broken a few times. So yeah. the doctor was all like, nah, you can't get hit the nose anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, eh, whatever. Speaking of broken noses, did Camilo tell you I broke his yeah, nose? Yeah, he did tell he us did. you broke he his nose. Us, I broke Ryan's nose too. You did? Yeah. Cotter? Cotter. Really? Oh, hey, ooh, Cotter, really? he didn't tell us that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, we're going to give him a hard time oh, here. fantastic. Good. Good. I got a, um, a tattoo every time I break somebody's nose. I Holy get, smokes. I get a, Next oh, yeah. time I see Another you, I'm going to ask mark. to see that to see if there's an there's a eighth one on there because there were seven broken noses on that yeah, tattoo. Yeah, broken seven, seven noses. Um, Cotter and I um, sparred only two, three light rounds a, a couple he's months ago. He's actually very good. Yeah, he is he's, very good. He's very good. He's very, very good. Um, and uh, I wish I had known that because I was trying to talk a lot of smack to him while it was going on. <laughs> and I wish I had known that because I usually I don't talk smack to anybody. But to Cotter, I love talking smack. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. I'm going to text him when this is done because he's upstairs. Cotter, if you're watching, we know <laughs> we figured it out. Um, back to a little bit of a business topic there. Um, do you think that you're a very successful business owner now? You guys have grown. I can't believe that you guys started in 2013 because when you visit Oakley, it's a really cool space. It's got a, you got a lot of, um, boxers, obviously a lot of successful boxers. You got people going to junior Olympics. So kudos to you guys. That's incredible. That's very fast to get very successful within five years. Um, do you see a lot of things translating from being a fighter to now being a business owner? Um, actually I'm, I'm still both because I'm still, still still I'm still in the ring. Uh, if it wasn't for the broke nose, I'd still be competing. Honestly, really? there was there would be no doubt about it. I still would be competing. I I love this too much. Um, it's boxing is like a chess is like a chess game. You yeah. know, um, everybody thinks it's savage and brutal, but it's really it's a thinking right. man's game, and it's like business too. It's like chess. You have to plan out your moves right. and and execute accordingly. You know, I have a game plan. I have a strategy. Right. By this time, this time, this time, I want this accomplished done i'm gonna do this this combination this combination this combination or i'm gonna hit them in this specific spot to set up something else so both both i liken to to chess which i was actually my favorite game i love really you're chess. a yeah. fan of chess yeah i'm a big fan of chess i'm a fan of chess too we should get a chess board in here that'd be kind of cool you know what's really strange is- interesting video watching two people play <laughs> two chess. people for one hour play chess <laughs> you know what's crazy is though when he says that i think actually about a lot of people that i i do martial arts with and a lot of them like chess too, and a lot of them end up becoming business owners. It's funny seeing the parallels there now, seeing you know people who mm. like this stuff because it is human chess. And is. Business is chess. You're it's, right. It Never is. thought about business as chess, but it is chess. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. For the for the Rumble folks, you guys train them like you're training the actual boxers. Right? Oh yeah, they're, they're going through. Yes. They're sparring. They're having oh. a real camp. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we put them through a rigorous workout. The way I would train my Golden Glove fighters is the same way that I, I love that. trained my real estate Rumble fighters. Even though they're white collar, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. They're still doing the same thing. It's all relative. It's still yeah. boxing. They're still getting in the ring. I mean, you have to have 
you have to be a very brave person just to step in the ring. Win or lose, you're brave yeah. to get in there because you're willingly going in there to get punched in the face. And the crazy thing about the Rumble is, because I've seen some smoker shows and stuff where fan, uh, some friends, some family shows up, you have all of your peers there. Yeah. I always tell people, it's crazy when you get in there because you have a thousand people watching you. A yeah. thousand people is a pretty big crowd for a small boxing event. And you have your coworkers, you have your friends. A lot of people, they do so many smoker events, but not a lot of people know that they're about to compete in it. So if yeah. it goes dramatically wrong, not too many people found out. You go home and you feel bad about that. Yeah. But boxing in front of everybody you know is a really nerve-wracking thing. It, it is. It totally is. You're nervous in the sense like, holy cow, I could get hurt right now. But then you're also nervous like, oh my God, all my friends and family are out there to watch me Yeah, get hurt or something like that. And it's weird. I mean, organized contact sports to me is strange because I've gotten into, when I was a lot younger, a couple of fist fights. But in the moment, yeah. something... You get into an altercation, it's like, all right, now here's the fight. It happens. There's yep. no Quick. time to think, and you have to fight. Yeah. Um, to know you're about to go in a week, two weeks, a day, an hour, about to go in there and physically fight somebody, you don't have that fight-or-flight type uh, adrenaline. That is weird. It's weird for people who, the first time they experience yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's um, Because you know going up to it, your nerves start yeah. kicking in. Like, oh, my God. This is really happening. This is really happening. Like you said, in a fight, just a regular street fight, it just happens. Boom, just happens. and it's over relatively yeah. quick. And with not too much damage. Usually they get broken up relatively quick. Yeah. But in this, you know it's going to be elongated. It's, yeah. Unless you, you land that lucky punch or they land that lucky punch and it just gets stopped, you know, or you're just over, overmatched. Yeah. And they stop it. And you, you never want that to happen. But um, yeah, the nerves start kicking in, and you're like, "What am I doing? I could be at home having a beer instead of here." Yeah, why am I doing? <laughs> why am I doing this? Am I an idiot or something? But it's worth it. It takes. It is totally worth it. When you're done, it is totally worth it because there, yeah. there's nothing like winning. There's yeah. nothing like and and winning in the sense where you're doing it in front of your peers and yeah. you're doing it in a savage style. You know, yeah. you look like the alpha. You know, yeah, you're yeah. out there, you're dominating another person, and there's no higher high and there's no lower lower when you're yeah, on yeah. the other end hundred percent feel terrible going 100%. back to my my golden gloves because to me my record was 25 and 5 i had five losses and and the other ones were i lost whatever you know like one or two were questionable but you know whatever i took it you know it's a really good record by the way it, it, i did well i did pretty well um but that was the worst beating i took was that um First mentally it was the the mental aspect because like you said all my cousins and family, my mom, my sister, my brothers, my cousins were all there. And then my high school friends came out to see me. Like, oh, you made it to the championship. We're going to see you. We're all going to come out. And then for me to perform the way I did, whereas they didn't see me prior to that, my performances, they just saw me get my butt kicked. And I was yeah. so embarrassed. I was so hurt. And I went out there. I smiled. You know, and I thanked yeah. them for coming, you know. But I, I was hurt for a day. You know, I was embarrassed, you know. Yeah. But you just get back on the horse and you keep riding. You know, it's... Uh, there's this um, quote, and actually, this is a quote that I love. So maybe, because John has a cool flag, and then there's some wheelhouse stuff. <laughs> maybe I'll get this quote printed out and put it behind me. It's the man in the arena. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's really cool, and it's, it's, it's a long quote, and it talks about um, the person who actually gets in there and is the person in the arena shouldn't be judged by those who don't have the bravery to do it. Exactly. But you always feel totally. that way. I, I heard somebody this year at the Rumble and I, I was walking somebody down, so I couldn't really turn around and be like, 
you're freaking wrong. But if you're listening somehow, you're wrong. Was talking about how <laughs> thank you for like, buying a ticket. Yeah, thank you for buying a ticket. <laughs> talking about how terrible the person did in there, and I'm like, you can't judge them oh, sitting totally. here drinking a beer. Don't you dare judge somebody who got in there and did everything they could to put everything online. Yes, but you feel bad. I mean, the bravery that goes into it is is humongous. It's huge. I, I I'll respect to anybody, even yeah. even the paid losers, the yeah. tomato cans that get in there. It, Hey, they're getting Brave. in there. They know what they're getting themselves into. They're, they, they're really crazier. going in there to get hit, to, I don't know, take a dive, but they know they're going to put up a little struggle and, and go down and lose. But the others that go in there and they give it their all, they, they're willing to get, to get in there. Like everybody yeah. at the Real Estate Rumble gave it their all. Yeah, they did. It was an amazing show. Yeah. Everybody went out there with that mindset, I'm going to win. And, and thank you to you because you've been such a big supporter of the Real Estate Rumble. Um, for consistently training people, being passionate about it. You've opened up your gym graciously many times to the open workouts and your guys and gals kick butt. So you guys uh -huh. do a really good job with them. So if you're looking to uh, box next year, he's one of the guys you got to give a call to because uh, he, uh, his people kick butt. You're, you're, we do all right. Guys we and gals do, right. do really well. <laughs> we were talking uh, about Miguel. We got to have him on sometime. Watching him box was two years ago. He fought uh, the kid from the Megiri boxing gym. And yeah. that was a that was, that was good. That, that was, was a, a fun good fight, fight to watch. Yeah. I'd watch that fight again. He's a very fun boxer to watch. Miguel, yeah. even at the tough. gym. He was in the gym yesterday, and I was kind of a little annoyed with him. So if you're listening to Miguel, I'm still a little annoyed with you for what you did yesterday. He got in there with a professional boxer who easily outweighed him by 20 pounds. Yeah. The guy was a 10-round uh, fighter yeah. who has a fight coming up. Miguel, was, he's in there, and he spars all the time, but he's not fight shape, fighting shape. This yeah. guy could have literally... Could have really hurt him. Yeah. And I kept a very close right. eye on it. And I could see Miguel was gassing after the first. He was out drinking all weekend, you know. Yeah, yeah. This guy has a fight coming up on June eighth. He's in he's in fight mode. He's in kill mode. So yeah. I was very worried. I was very worried about um Miguel when he got in there with, with the guy. And I was like, I expressed my concern about it. I was like, Are you freaking a knucklehead who set this up, man? He's like, oh, it's cool. And I was like, it's not cool. Yeah. It's not cool. So now I wanted to go home, but now I'm not because I'm worried about you and I'm going to sit here and make <laughs> sure everything. And everything went okay. He did take a couple hard shots, but um, nothing nothing he couldn't handle. But I just yeah. wanted to make sure that this guy was was on the level and not trying to kill well, one, of my, one of my boxers. And, and that shows a lot in you giving enough care to a guy who's training with you to stick around, not go home and make sure that he's okay. Because... I've seen I've been in boxing gyms where I've seen people get in there with somebody who's a total mismatch and nobody's watching over them. Exactly. And you're like, holy it's again, it's not like grappling. Like you can train in jujitsu as hard as you want. And jujitsu is an incredible sport. I'm super passionate about it. It's probably the martial art I'm most passionate about. But I can train against a world champion and, and spar against them and do it do a match. And he's gonna steamroll me. And, but I'm going to tap and get out of it and then go on to the next person, be overwhelmed and say, holy smokes, that guy's really good. Like our one of our guests, Lawrence, is a, is a black belt and he always takes it easy on me. But even when he kicks my butt, he's not killing me. But in boxing, if you get in there and the guy starts hitting you really hard and a lot, yeah. you can get really hurt. You can get really, really hurt really, really fast. So yeah. I had to make sure yeah. everything was on. He's a tough guy. And he's, he's a very tough guy. And sometimes... Tough Toughness he's too is tough. too tough for your own yeah, good. Yeah, he's too tough for his own good. And there's a lot of boxers like that. Yeah. And I know he can handle himself, and he's he works with everybody, and he'll he'll always go at their level. But somebody that big, I I was I was yeah. legit legitimately concerned about. Um, growing up, any favorite boxers? 
You love growing up, yeah. or even now. E- well, growing up, uh, I was always a huge fan of Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah, Nash, my dad's like favorite boxer. Mexican, by the yeah, way, yeah, yeah, like every other Mexican kid growing up was. Yeah. Um, as I get older and I watched more, and my, you know, my sights broadened. Um, let's just say, like this day, I th- would say that my uh, three favorite boxers now are are. Juan Manuel Orquez, mm-hmm. um, too. Salvador Sanchez, and uh, Ricardo Finito Lopez were are my three uh, three favorite boxers. I so. love it. So uh, Julio Cesar Chavez was my dad's favorite boxer growing up because my dad had actually moved to Mexico for four or five years in the eighties. Oh wow! And he uh, was in Guadalajara, <laughs> Mexico. So as a kid, we watched everything that he did because my dad was a humongous yeah, fan. Yeah. Yeah, his son's not quite uh, as no. good as his dad was. Actually, but a lot of uh, the um, children of boxers who decide to become boxers are definitely not not the same caliber. Yeah, well, he son grew up very rich because his dad yeah. eventually became a very successful fighter. Yes, um, but and his dad grew up fighting and made his way through fighting. Yes, I don't know if that's necessarily a hundred percent of the reason, but it could be a lot of skill set, how they were trained. But I think it, it's a big yeah, yeah. There. The kid, well, his son was just a brat. Yeah, he just came out. He was Slow rich. He not disciplined. He was thrown the tomato cans. Yeah. He actually fought a friend of mine uh, coming up, and my friend clearly, Carlos Molina, clearly beat him, and they yeah. called it a draw. <laughs> and the place, and this was in Mexico, the place exploded. They were, th- and Chavez went in the ring, and they were throwing beer in the ring yeah. at the decision. Like you know, they just went bananas in the, you know, because everyone was clearly my friend had beat. Yeah. Chavez Jr., but no, that wasn't going to happen in Mexico. It wasn't going to happen in Mexico. It wasn't going to happen in Mexico. Yeah, that's uh, the corrupt uh, winning slash losing slash judges' decisions yeah. is really kind of messed up in all combat sports. And then sometimes, like the um, that's the, the big one recently, um, Canelo and Triple G, oh, yeah. that decision, and Al, Aldeline Bride or Baird or whatever her oh, name Adeline is. Bird. Adeline yeah. Bird. Um, she's had some seriously questionable MMA calls. And then that one, you were just like, what did, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yikes. Was yeah. Fight. I thought, I thought. Yeah. Triple G clearly won, clearly that, fight, won that fight. But, um, hey, you know, you got to call it a, they call they call it a draw. Yeah. It's not, it's not anybody's fault, but the judges. No, yeah, yeah. They, everyone's listen, out there to they do their fought, job. They fought their asses off. So kudos to both of them. Yeah. Hopefully they'll be able to run that back. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. There, there are negotiations right now, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen at this time. Yeah, yeah. So well, we'll see. But I would love to watch it again. I yeah. Love, I'd love tough. to see that again. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're talking about possibly um, Triple G fighting Charlo, which okay. I think uh, I have to lean towards Charlo beating Triple really? G. Really? Yeah. Okay, I good. Do. Yeah. I'm just glad I'm a McGregor fan. I knew he was going to lose to to Floyd, oh, yeah. but I, I'm glad he's not jumping in there with anyone else of that caliber because they had that whole like, oh, he wants to fight Triple G now, and I'm like, he'll murder you. Yes, Triple he, G will murder him. you. Will because he's a murderous puncher. Yeah, where Floyd intelligently wore him down. And then exactly. Him Whereas Triple G will just steamroll him right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, we'll just jump on him. Finish him. Canelo too. They were saying Canelo yeah, and I was Canelo like, Canelo's a murderous puncher yeah, too. He's a murderous puncher too as well. Both of them would go out there and, and legitimately murder him. him. Yeah. Hurt him. Hurt and I was like, unless on someone, some, one of them goes to MMA, which none of them will do because it makes zero sense. Yes. He should not be fighting those yeah, guys. Yeah. Anymore. The only one I'd like to see maybe Maybe box him would be uh, Pauli Malignaggi. Yeah, because they don't like each other. They don't like each other, and Pauli Malignaggi isn't doesn't have that uh, devastating punch yeah. that the other two have. Yeah, yeah. He he would make it competitive. 
I saw the little bits of the clips of them doing the sparring. Yeah. And sparring should not be leaked out, but I know they talked a lot of crap. So yeah. I think they would have a good build up. They'd sell a lot of tickets oh, for sure. and pay-per-views would get sold because both of them talk a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, they're both shit talkers. So, hey. And Connor's bigger than he is by a, a, a lot. Yeah, 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 definitely. But the condition showed. So that's the, that's the piece of conditioning, which you saw that. A guy who is incredibly conditioned as an athlete by what was around six or seven, you could just kind of see that, that fading. Yeah, because that, that's boxing is just a different type different of conditioning. Animal. It's a different type of conditioning. And, and it's a different use of your muscles. So in mm-hmm. grappling, it's a completely different use of muscles. Because I remember when I, the first couple times I sparred, I was at a little bit out of shape now, but I was in really good shape. And then when I started boxing, I was like, wait, that was like 30, 40 seconds. I'm, <laughs> I'm dying. I can't, I can't breathe. I'm like sucking in air and uh, you know, my arms are pretty heavy. So my arms were heavy. I couldn't keep my hands up. And I'm like, the gloves what the hell's are, are 16 ounces. That's a pound on each pound hand. On each you have hand. to hold up. Yeah. So that was tough. Um, we always kind of, um, ask our guests to give a piece of business advice. I mean, you've done incredible. I don't know if business was something you always wanted to get into, or you just kind of followed your passion and yeah, in business. that's exactly what it was. Followed passion, which followed is my passion. the best way to really do it. Cause you're passionate about what you do. Any advice for somebody who's getting into business in general, or even with a fight gym in general, it can be even more specific to just opening up a gym. Any advice for anybody? Um, you know, just location is always, you want, if you want a successful gym, I mean, you, it's one thing to have sexual fighters that that's that's your great coaches there, but in order to keep the lights on and the doors open, you have to you have to have some kind of revenue. Right. Um, location is, is key. You have to have uh, a, a place that is easy easily accessible, accessible to uh, people want to come to. Um, that's going to keep the doors open. Honestly, it's it's location, location, location is 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 key. Um, I'm blessed to have a decent location with free parking and yeah. free street parking. It's just, there's a bus stop. Close to transportation. Close to transportation. Um, and we're near uh, a trendy neighborhood in yeah. West Town, you know, so we get a lot of the West Town people to come in and I love it. Thank you very much. Um, it's location is, is key. Location, now, now that you have a location, now you have to have a great staff. Yeah. You know, they're not going to want to come if, if everybody... Your staff sucks, you yeah. know. So you have an energetic and dynamic staff, and then winners. Yeah. You got to have winners there because they don't want to be at a gym where everyone's losing. You know. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, that, right. that's crazy because it really is such a big piece of it, right? I mean, and you guys have an incredible atmosphere. Your location, you're 100 percent right, is very accessible. It's a great gym. You guys have all the tools in there: rings, bags. It's a cool looking facility as well. Great looking facility with the loft space. Um, but your staff is great, and it, it starts with the top. I mean, you're all. I've every time I've met you, your energy is high. You're always happy. You're always excited, and I think that probably pays yeah. such dividends to the rest of the people. Yes, I work with exactly. You. you know, because it's contagious. Yeah, it you is know, contagious. it's totally your attitude is contagious. If you come in there all like, Rah. you know, and people are like that as well. You know, if you come in there and you're like, "What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Let's get to work." Oh, we're going to do this today and you got to be a little witty and, you know, yeah. talk a little, I mean, talk a little smack, you know, be a little exciting. And yeah. They, all right, then they feed off of it and, and it, it shows. It's, uh, it's crazy. When I have bad days and I have to, I coach and train in a totally different way. I coach and train realtors and business owners and growing their business mm-hmm. every day. But I have terrible days just like I'm sure you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for things sure. Things go on. 
But I know that when I walk in there, I cannot be the person that yes. carries my attitude yes. in there because the moment I have an issue that everybody else's, you can see everybody else's mood kind of drops. So kudos to you because obviously your gym is very, very successful. Your students are very successful. You yeah. guys are winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even up to going to the junior Olympic level here, you guys have a lot of Golden Gloves champs. Yeah, yeah. We had, um, I believe, six Golden Glove champs this year. Whoa, this year alone? Yeah, this year alone, we had six. Wow, good for you guys. Yeah. That is not easy to win. People don't realize the Golden Gloves are so competitive. It's very tough. Yeah, it's very tough to win the Golden Gloves. I mean, you have to fight I mean, once, twice a week for a month. Yeah. Kudos know? to so you it's, guys. It's very tough. To Kudos to you guys on the growth. Kudos to you guys on having Thank a great uh, gym. Yeah, if you're looking to uh, start boxing, give Lalo a call. It's, uh, it's a heck of a location. I got to tell you the the times I've been in there, uh, filming for the Rumble. You know, as as people are training and such, um, I look at the the people that are there, not necessarily just for the Rumble, but that are there just you know training for upcoming fights or just get in shape. And it really does. There's such a community at Lalo's gym. It just seems people are are so in tune with each other and willing to spar and hold mitts and and really cheer each other on. It, it really is like you just said, sort of an infectious uh, situation and. I know that uh, for the for the longest time it was primarily men in the sport, yeah. and uh, whether it's through MMA or boxing itself, uh, women have really gotten more involved. And man, I've seen some of the women that you have boxing; they're training <laughs> there. I wouldn't, no way would I want to. There yeah, was one girl just recently there. I saw, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she was hitting with power. I mean, you could hear the pop across the gym with speed bags and everything else in full effect, and you're hearing this pop off mitts, and it's a girl who's throwing these bombs. It's like holy smoke yeah. so ladies if, if you want to get in shape as well that yeah. that is a place to go I, I love that i mean atmosphere is so important in a gym i train i'm very lucky to train with a great group of people that i train with because i the atmosphere everybody i train with from my boxing coaches to jujitsu coaches to my training partners are my closest friends now yeah, yeah. and it's i crazy. see that in you guys you guys are all such close friends and it's because you guys look out for each other yeah, it's incredible yeah. It's 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 crazy. You go you go in the ring and you punch each other literally yeah. hard as you can in the face, and then you go out for a drink left. And right? then your buddies. Yeah, you're like, hey, that was good. Hey, jerk, you hit me pretty good there. Oh, that was a good body shot. Hey, you did this really good. And then we talk about it, and, it, and it's 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 all good. I love you know? it. It, it. There's nothing like, um, oh my God, there was a quote by Shakespeare. Um, he who sheds his blood for me, with me today will forever be my brother. Something to yeah. that effect. And it's the same thing, you know. Crazy. You're in there and you're beating each other up, and then you just—it's all love. And yeah. You, you then you go out and you cheer him on or her on, whoever, because we even get there, get in there with the girls now. Yeah. You know, the guys spar the girls. Yeah. Or the girls spar the girls, you know. But it doesn't matter because we don't see them as just oh, that's just a girl. I can't do it. Like no, no that's a boxer. She's, a boxer she's gonna kill me right now, or she's yeah. gonna try to kill me, and she has the skill to knock my block off. I really got to spar with her, and yeah. they go, we go hard with the. With the girls, and that's why they're good, and we go hard with each other, and that's why we're good. But we spar often, we train hard, and there is a um, a community in there, and and it shows. It definitely yeah. shows. Well, your passion is incredible. Every time I've ever been around you, whether it's boxing or not, again, you're a very passionate guy. Uh, you've done an incredible job at Oakley. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it's crazy. 
we are actually at an hour and usually we go 20 minutes, 20 minutes round table. Right. I told you, if you just let him I, and I just kind of chat about <laughs> things in normal, absolutely. we'd be was, here for two more hours. I was so oh, happy yeah, when Lalo said yes to coming on the show. I, I've talked with him so many times at the gym when he's got a minute or two, but just, just great personality, great energy. Yeah, we got a lot of people that train actually watching. Um, shout out to a bunch of people that were that were watching. But um, yeah, so guys, if you guys, guys and gals, especially gals, because yeah, they got a sure. lot of gals that are kicking butt there. If you guys want to learn how to box, get in shape, I'm telling you, you will not get in better shape doing anything other than boxing. I mean, boxing will get you in the peak shape. Yeah, Forget it, it CrossFit. Really yeah. Um, boxing's the way to go. <laughs> and you um, learn how, you learn to defend yourself as well. Defend so yourself. Exactly. Discipline for kids. Yeah. Um, just grit, hard work, consistency. You learn so much from boxing, martial arts. Uh, give these guys a call. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you um, for, for inviting me. Hopefully I uh, get back in shape. Maybe I'll... Do you guys have like uh, kind of open days where people can come and yeah, work out? Yeah, yeah. Um, we do it maybe once or twice a month. We call it open sparring. Okay, cool. And... Um, we just we just put it on social media. It's where we invite everybody. I just okay. put it out there. It's all gyms are welcome. All boxers, all levels, come in and um, have spar. And it's an all day sparring sessions. All we do. Uh, there are a lot of small gyms out there. And yeah. Since we're a larger gym with two rings, we just open it up to everybody, and we get like 40, 50 boxers that come that specific day. I coordinate it. They hit the bags. They spar. They have a, a full full day workout. Um, I love that. Good for you for doing and that opening. Uh, everybody, like we had, we've had people from Green Bay drive down just for our open sparring sessions. Milwaukee drive over, um, Indiana. Uh, there was a gym from North Dakota that made the drive wow. just to attend our open sparring sessions. Wow! So Lalo, it, it, it if, does if, very well. If you think of it next time, give us a week's notice or you know thereabouts, and we can throw it up and tell people because we do have, especially because of the Rumble, we have so many people who watch from different gyms and such. For sure, and we'd be more than happy to put that out okay. there and maybe attend. And I mean, he's he's faster than I am, but I would love to come over and throw some throw some punches. That'd yeah, be yeah, yeah, I, for sure. I'm, I'm gonna invite Ryan Cotter too because I want Cotter to get back in there with him. <laughs> I want to see it again. I want to see the number eight down his uh, tattoo. No, he's already on there. He's already so, on. Yeah, he's already oh, it can't be a rebreak yeah, of somebody's nose. Re it has to okay. be somebody new. Then John's nose, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make him eight, not me. Well, again, thank you so much for coming I appreciate on. It. Thank you. Um, thank you thanks, so much man. For thank you so me. much. I appreciate it. Um, guys, uh, again, Brody Strong, Chandler Strong, it uh, means a lot um, to their families, it means a lot to us. It's an incredible story. I'm going to put in the comment section of the video some links so you guys can go to GoFundMe, help, uh, help the family out. Also, the email that you guys can send out a request to for T-shirts because it's an incredible cause. Shout out to Chandler um, uh, for how he uh, got through what happened and uh, to a continued recovery. And big, big shout out to Brody who comes home today. Absolutely. Best of luck, buddy. Yeah, um, uh, hope that things keep uh, going on the up and up. We uh, are looking forward to uh, – John, you want me to shoot it back to you? Yeah, just real quick. Um, besides everything that we were talking about with Brody and, and Chandler – uh, I do want to wish my mom and dad a happy 59th wedding anniversary Whoa, today. God bless. Happy Absolutely. So my mom, my dad left us uh, seven years ago, I'm coming sorry, up on seven years, which I can't believe it's been that long. But uh, they were they were happy going, blasted right through 50 years together, holding hands and smiling. Awesome. I know he's smiling down. My mom's out uh, celebrating today. So I just wanted to wish them a, a happy anniversary and uh, kind of couple up with what you just said as far as Brody and Chandler. We're cheering for you. You're doing great. Keep keep uh, fighting the fight. And uh, 
Thank you very much, Lalo. I appreciate Thank you. it. And if uh, you, you guys would like to follow us, uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Oakley Fight Club. So check out. We have a lot of videos of our kids boxing, of the classes, of daily life at the gym. So Oakley Fight Club on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome, guys. Yeah, follow them. And follow AE Wheelhouse, too. Don't forget about us. Yeah. AE Wheelhouse. AE Wheelhouse in there. Um, we're live every Wednesday, 3 o'clock. We got an incredible show lined up for next week. Um, like us, share us, love us, comment on our stuff, tell your friends about us. We'll see you guys <laughs> next Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Thanks, everybody. In 3, 2, 1.